welcome. It's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Max Burns, TYT contributor, Rebel HQ superstar. Always a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, Donald Trump is going to the pokey. Indicted again, almost. There's a target on his back, yes, because he committed many, many criminal offenses while being president of the United States. So as I predicted, the Department of Justice is absolutely going to indict Donald Trump again. He received a letter and there's a genius behind the strategy of Jack Smith. And I'm going to highlight some of that genius. Here's a former federal prosecutor who's currently running for president, the former governor of New Jersey. Here's what he had to say. We also learned that former top White House officials, including Jared Kushner, have been called before the January 6th grand jury. Kushner reportedly told the grand jury that Trump sincerely believed that he won. What do you make of that, number one? And what do you make of the fact that Smith has reached that deep into the Trump White House? Well, first off, it shows that Jack Smith's running a serious investigation. And that's what he should be doing because the American people are owed at least that much by someone who has the authority that Jack Smith has. And if you're going to bring charges related to January 6th, you better be right. And you better have proof beyond a reasonable doubt that a jury's going to be able to understand and that's unimpeachable. As far as, you know, what's going on with Donald Trump in terms of these charges, the fact is that he doesn't believe he won. He was concerned before the election that he was losing. And I know that because he said it to me directly. So, you know, he knows he didn't win, but his ego, George, won't permit him to believe that he's the only person in America outside the state of Delaware to ever have lost to Joe Biden. And so his ego is running that. And am I surprised that Jared Kushner would say that? He doesn't want to be disinvited to Thanksgiving, George. So he said what he needed to say. We shall see. What actually comes of it? You know, the indictment may have already happened and it could be sealed and released later. That is allowable under the statutory guidelines of the federal government. Now, let's do this. Put him up full mass. Donald Trump, former president of the United States, he is already facing roughly 80 criminal indictments when you combine Manhattan and the current federal indictments. He also will face, in my opinion, indictments from Fulton County, Georgia. I believe those indictments will come in about two to three weeks. New York will likely indict him at some point as well. So on Tuesday, the ex-president decided to go to Truth Social, the social media network he started after being kicked off of Twitter for inciting an insurrection. He wanted to tell people on Sunday night, excuse me, that Jack Smith sent him a letter informing him that he was the target of the DOJ's criminal investigation into his attempt to stay in power after losing the 2020 election to Joe Biden. Now, before I go to what was actually said, please keep in mind the government is not required to send you a courtesy letter. So if they send you one, it is typically strategic. And Donald Trump is going to have to respond to this letter, or maybe he doesn't. But there's no chance that Donald Trump would not. 
So the federal government under the direction of the lead prosecutor said, send him a letter, let him know. He'll make the announcement for us. And that's what he did. It puts Trump on the defensive quickly. He has to defend what he proclaims is a witch hunt. Additionally, his attorneys, well, they're saying nothing. There's more. Trump wrote, deranged Jack Smith, (laughs) the prosecutor, but Joe Biden's DOJ sent a letter again, it was Sunday night, stating that I am a target of the January 6th grand jury investigation and giving me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and indictment. Trump, you're right, sir. The last time you got one of these, you already indicted. This was under seal. So what do you think has already happened? There you go. Okay, so you have four days. What are you going to do? Now, typically the federal government at this point would have absolutely filed a motion to stop Donald Trump from talking. It's called a gag order because Trump is utilizing his platform in order to perhaps influence a potential jury and complicate the investigative patterns of the case. In this instance, the federal government has said, we're not going to file that motion. As a matter of fact, if there was a motion to make Trump talk more, that would be the motion they would file, but it doesn't exist. There's more, while Trump is known, for saying a lot of things on social media that are obviously not true. New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman tweeted Tuesday that a source familiar with the matter confirmed that Trump did indeed receive such a letter, which the Times reported is a quote sign that he is likely to be indicted in the case. If this all sounds weirdly familiar to you, okay? If it sounds weirdly familiar to you, that's because last month, Last month, we learned that Smith, let's put him up, had told Trump he was the target of DOJ's investigation into handling classified documents. I just like how they're telling Trump, you know, you're going to be indicted again. A heads up that occurred shortly after the ex-president was indicted on federal charges. As the Times notes, it's not clear what aspects of the um, sprawling investigation the letter may be related to. As there are many to choose from, the probe as examined as an array of schemes that Mr. Trump and his allies used to try to stave off defeat, including events surrounding the January 6, 2021 riot, terrorist attack by his supporters at the Capitol. Let's count the ways here. I've been able to enumerate 12, maybe 13, but definitely 12 different ways the Trump administration attempted to overthrow democracy, to shred the US Constitution. 11 of those means were absolutely illegal. One was legal, it was the remedy through the courts. That was a legal way to overturn the results of an election. Everything else was completely illegal. Now let's read the tea leaves. According to reports, Jack Smith already put secret service agents under oath to testify before the federal grand jury, those who were charged with 
protecting Trump while being president. Now you may say, well, how can a Secret Service agent be compelled to snitch on a president? Well, you have Bill Clinton to thank for that. Bill Clinton is the one who pushed the matter because he did not want Secret Service agents testifying against him and his scandals. Well, guess what? The court said that's not privileged communications. And so that cleared the way for Jack Smith to simply put them under subpoena with no issue. Also, Fulton County, Georgia, under the direction of Fannie Willis, the DA, is going to indict Trump as well. That is my opinion. Now, remember, there are reports of loose affiliation, meaning conversations between Fulton County investigators and federal investigators. And the only thing they have in common is what? Overturning the election. So they are setting motive. They are setting motive. All right, there's more. Um, witnesses have reportedly been asked about the former president's state of mind. State of mind, that's your motive. As well as efforts to fundraise off his false claims of widespread voter fraud and whether he knew he had lost. Prosecutors have also been scrutinizing efforts to put together slates of so-called fake electors to cast ballots in support of Mr. Trump when the Electoral College tallies were certified. Um, I think the reason why they are looking at state of mind and also the fundraising emails is because they're trying to make a case or possibly look into making a case of fraud, intentional fraud, financial fraud. Um, Steve Bannon engaged in intentional financial fraud. There's more. Trump, of course, spent late 2020 and early 2021 insisting publicly that the election had been stolen from him, held an Oval Office meeting in which invoking martial law and seizing voting machines was discussed. And on January 6, 2021, told his supporters to march to the US Capitol, where some of them stormed the building while screaming, hang Mike Pence. Trump has said Pence deserved these chants calling for his hanging. And that actually January 6 was Pence's fault. The attack on the Capitol left five people dead. Last week, we learned that among others, Trump's own son-in-law, Jared Kushner, testified before the federal grand jury. Here's what I can guarantee. Jared Kushner answered more questions than simply, do you think Trump believed he won or lost? It is going to be another saga but a necessary one. And for those who say this is a slippery slope, no, no. This stops the slope from slipping. Max thoughts. Well, Donald Trump looks like he's on track to rack up over a hundred felony oh, yeah. charges. Republicans love to talk about how crime is rising in America, but it seems mostly to be Donald Trump racking them up <laughs> down in Mar-a-Lago. And Marjorie Taylor Greene was interviewed earlier this week about it. And she said that it, it didn't feel like America anymore, what was happening. And I actually agree, I mean, it doesn't because for once the justice system actually seems to be functioning. Yeah. It's no surprise that Republicans now want to impeach Merrick Garland and defund Jack Smith and do everything they can to protect Donald Trump. Because they know whether they'll say it or not, that this is really serious. Yeah, extremely, and Trump knows it as well. In some of his previous interviews after the initial indictment, 
He seemed extremely deflated, caught off guard by very normative questions under the circumstances. And once again, his attorneys not even present. All right, half a million dollars, half a million dollars as a settlement goes to a black male who was brutally attacked by the police. Let's put up the picture full mass. Keep that picture up. You're looking at Mac Nelson, a man who was slammed to the ground by Kansas City, Missouri police. He suffered substantial damages to his face and now will receive $500,000 in a settlement to resolve a lawsuit he filed against the police department. Put up the image of when they decided to slam him, okay? That's a picture, a screenshot of the cop forcefully slamming Mr. Nelson to the ground. This was outside of a gas station located near 55th Street and Prospect Avenue in Kansas City. The incident took place on August 8th, 2022 and was captured by a bystander who was sitting in his car when it occurred. And thankfully the bystander started doing what we recommend, record, record just in case. And now this man has a semblance of justice. Let me tell you what led to the attack. Nelson was reportedly held inside the gas station after KCPD officers shot and killed 31 year old Zachary Garrod, who attempted to run over officers in a stolen car during a police chase. Okay, these matters are unrelated. He was released but stayed around the shooting scene. The Kansas City Star reports Nelson says he was upset that officers weren't thoroughly questioning witnesses after the police shooting. So he began to record on Facebook Live and reportedly made comments the officers did not like. Whoa! Their egos are so fragile that they are unable to take a criticism, a complaint, a critique. Let me tell you why cops typically are not able to do so. And the ones who are, are usually good cops and the ones who are not bad. Because criticism is the price you pay for leadership, as I always say. And if you are unwilling to pay that price, you are unfit to lead. So when you see cops not being okay with criticism, legally available freedom of speech criticism. Well, those are simply weaklings and cowards who hide behind the authority of a system, a badge and a gun. There's more, the lawsuit states, Nelson was asked by officers to stay behind the yellow tape and he complied. He then walked to an area that was not marked off with police tape and was instructed to back away from that as well. He complied with officers again, but an officer still attempted to arrest him claiming he failed to follow orders. The officer attempted to restrain Nelson, but knocked his phone out of his hand, forcefully pushed his face into the ground. He briefly became unconscious and suffered injuries to his face, eyes and shoulders. He also had to receive stitches above his left eye. Now, after that happened, you already have a criminal assault. I don't give a damn if you have a uniform badge or not. You have a criminal assault. And then the police report was dubious. Let's go to it. Officer Alyssa surged 
wrote in a report that Mr. Nelson fell to the ground. I mean, he just fell after jerking his arms away and attempting to twist his body from P.O. Frazier. The report also stated that he was asked several times to stand behind the crime scene tape, but refused. It was a huge cover up. We caught them with their pants down, said the cat said Perserno to the Kansas City Star. But for the bystander, but for the bystander video, we would not have known that they fabricated this police report. Do you see how powerful that moment is? Because someone understood that it's important to have transparency with our government officials. They decided, just in case, I'm going to record. They recorded, and they recorded in a way that did not alert the officers. Because if the officers were aware, well, that person may have been criminally assaulted as well, or even worse. This is why I encourage people, utilize the power of that handheld device known as a telephone, cell phone. Make it count, and anybody who rides with me, all of my close friends, members of my team, they know. I don't care where we where we're going. If we see someone pulled over, we will stop, we will record, and we will be late to our engagement. All right, let's put her up. This is Kansas City Police Chief Stacy Graves. All right, buck stops with her. The Kansas City Police Department released a statement saying the investigation is still ongoing. Quote, we are not able to make a comment on any details of that case because there was an ongoing review of the incident by the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office at this time. So it's considered an ongoing investigation, read the statement in part. Now, you know, how many times have police officers gone on camera to talk about an arrest of, let's say, a gang member, drug dealer, right, a robber? Yeah, no problem making comments about that when the arrest just happened. The investigation is not complete. Prosecution may not even have the case yet. So when they tell you they cannot comment on something because it is an ongoing investigation, understand that is an unequal application of their policy. Because they routinely talk about cases where they feel as if it's okay to just, you know, talk about. All right, Max, thoughts here. Well, another thing that I note here is these officers turned off their body cams. That's right. And this is a reminder again that that is an intentional act. And the intent is almost always to cover up criminal conduct by police officers. I mean, these are officers who went to elaborate lengths to construct a false reality to try and evade responsibility for beating a man. They tried to allege that a man unconscious from a body slam was trying to run away from them. And the sad reality is a lot of people think a cash settlement like this guy got heals that kind of trauma, and it doesn't. I mean, only accountability does, and as we see, you have to grab every inch of accountability you can. Yeah, very well said. This is a very sad story. An officer decided to arrest a disabled individual because, well, is a coward and a jerk. Here it is. Uh, wait, wait, I'm, I'm calling 911. That's okay. We're walking out. I'm calling 911. I'm walking out. 
Okay, just go ahead and put him in handcuffs because he's refusing to identify himself. Okay, hold on. Uh, I was just paying, I was just having my stuff locked in my family pack. And the security guards came and I, I didn't take more time than anyone else. The other ones before me. I have more video to show you the cowardly behavior of all of these officers. And I want to remind you that the man did not break any law. He was just slower at paying for his items. And all of a sudden, police come. He was under the impression that it was security for the store. Because who would call the police police on someone who's paying for his items, right? There's more. Having something cordial to beat me up. <laughs> they, they, they won't let me talk to you. It's Albuquerque police. He is under arrest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to identify yourself, sir? I'm calling them what? No, you're under arrest now for concealing identity. No, no. I want to show you how the encounter started. Here it is. I'm going to be police detained and I'm going to leave. She might not come with us. 
This was in a Target. The young man was buying a bicycle, cash, committed no crime, was immediately treated like a criminal, put up the cop. You could have helped him. But instead, sir, you are now charged with a crime. According to the state AG's office, the former Albuquerque officer, Kenneth Skeens, has now been charged with two felonies and two misdemeanors. Thursday for unlawfully arresting a man with disabilities who was struggling to complete a purchase with cash at a Target store last year. Skeens was fired in February in connection with that crime. Skeens faces charges of false imprisonment and perjury, which are fourth degree felonies. And filing a false police report and for battery, those are your misdemeanors. New Mexico Attorney General Raul Torres said in a statement, Mr. Skeens engaged in abuse and unlawful behavior that undermined public safety and violated his oath as a peace officer. Look at these other cops. Marcos Flores and Gregory Radigan were also involved. It was not immediately clear if they faced any discipline in connection with the incident, but damn it, they should. Per the Albuquerque Journal. In the target, talking about the location, that night skeins on body camera showed him approaching a 53 year old man who was using cash that was displayed out on the counter as he tried to pay for a bicycle in the self checkout aisle. The man appeared confused. The footage shows skeins and Radigan grabbed the man by his arms and drag him out from the store while while he plants his feet on the ground. <clears throat> Once outside, the man who is difficult to understand, it says, refused to provide his name as he, as he took out his phone and called 911 to complain about security. At one point, he tells the officers as they're arresting him, he didn't know that they were police officers. The cop says, that's your own fault. Police previously said that Skeen's the primary officer. And the other police officers did not have a lawful reason for arresting the man. Also, police noted officers used force during the unlawful arrest. The man received a criminal summons for charges of concealing identity and resisting, evading or obstructing an officer. The officers created the whole scenario. The charges were dismissed months later when the man was determined not to be competent to even stand trial for that. The criminal information says Skeens was charged with perjury because he made a false statement under oath. 
It also says that he filed a report charging another person with a crime, schemes. Knew the report was false. Nine days after the incident at Target, Skeens, Flores, and another officer, Dustin Ketchum, shot and killed Keyshawn Thomas out of Valero gas station after they said he picked up a gun. The department found all three officers failed to de-escalate the situation as they argued with Thomas who was intoxicated. Investigators also determined Skeens violated department policies when he shot Thomas. Thomas family has now filed a wrongful death lawsuit. This is what happened when you keep bad cops in position of authority. Now these cops, they are not, they are not men. They are broken cowards. They are they are things I'm not able to say in this setting, but I promise, gentlemen, if I saw you in person, I swear to God, I said it in your face. Your mamas shouldn't be ashamed of you. Your children should be ashamed of you. To the taxpayers of Albuquerque, understand this is defunding you. Cops like this defund your community. Not only by way of settlement and payout, but also by way of increased insurance premiums for your city, for your local jurisdiction, because you have so many problematic cops. The settlements are being paid, the insurance companies will hike that money and you will have to pay for it. We should be on the same page with this. All right, Max Thoughts. It's genuinely hard to find words for this. I mean, the car that that man was dragged to says protect and serve on the side. Yeah. But protect and serve who? Not him. They didn't ask him a single question. They didn't listen to a single word he said. They couldn't have been more discriminatory if they tried. And once again, just like in Kansas, what we just talked about, here are officers working together to commit perjury to create a false reality to allow themselves to operate above the law and victimize the people they're supposed to help. And the sad thing is, you know, the fact this was caught on camera is why it got in trouble. In 99% of these cases, even when the police chief says they violated their oath, these become internal issues that vanish and you never hear from them again. And it is so important, I think, that more people see this story because it is just this bad out there. This is, once again, a microcosm that indicates the macrocosm is there. We have to get police reform now. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments. I appreciate everyone in advance for you know, making it happen, all right? And we have a lot of comments to get through. Um, don't forget, don't forget, um, we are still looking for stories. We are still looking for stories. If you have a story, if you have a story of corruption, um, of misconduct, uh, make sure you contact us, contact us, try. If you can, to put as much 
corroborating information as possible, a video, an official complaint, responses from that complaint, witness testimony, whatever it may be. Try to include it in that first email. We are a small team with a big heart. So when we have more information up front, it helps us triage some of these stories so that we can get to them quickly. So I encourage you to contact us if you have such a story. All right, uh, we got a lot of comments I don't have. Time to read them all, but I appreciate every single one of them. Leave. Um, I am Sox says two more indictments and he gets a free sub. <laughs> a free sub, yes. Let's make it a Big Mac for the fella. All right. All right. Um, Hiram Bifida. I know what that means, Hiram. And thank you for that, by the way. Good afternoon. Ben Piscopo at Hiram Bifidum, the guy that called WK earlier. Please do not stop your program, Dr. Richard. It really does mean a lot to a lot of people. Absolutely. This program ain't stopping. And thank you for that. See, Michael Henson. Trump, um, Trump keeps calling this a witch hunt. I just want to ask him, which broom are you taking when you go turn yourself in? <laughs> that was good. All right, uh, Trudy Lawrence, thank you, Trudy. We need a law of the cameras disabled by officer. The officer is held accountable automatically. I said that seven years ago. You are so correct. And my proclamation was if you do not have an automatic violation for turning off the camera before engagement, you will not have the enforcement mechanism necessary to stop these things from happening. It should be immediately known as tampering, tampering with evidence, period. Because that's what it is, it's tampering with evidence. All right, Tracy Ravenhawk, Ravenhawk, member for 13 months, thank you so much for that. This occurred in my city, it's infuriating and it breaks my heart. Um, talking about the unlawful arrest of the man and the target. Um, once again, thank you again, uh, C. Michael Henson. How in the world can these officers not recognize that he has disabilities? That's just, that's not just cowardly, that's stupid. It's stupid as all get out. Uh, they did recognize it. You see, and that's the reason why there should be collective outrage regardless of political ideology. All right, I got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You're you're still still free. Free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Wait, say it again. Hey, get off of me. Get off of me. Get off of me. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. Ah, ah, ah. Get off of me. Get off of me. Get off of me. Get off of me. Let's put up the picture for a mask. Well, according to the poster of the video, here's the background. For the last year, this lady has been harassing me whenever she sees me walking down the street, walking dogs. She frequently yells obscenities at me, apparently upset that I have too many dogs. There have never been any incidents with any of the dogs and everything I do is well within my legal rights. Today I heard her screaming at me from her car while I was walking down the street. Then I turned onto another street where I often walk. And she was standing there and yelled at me again. I'd had enough 
of her harassment and started recording. And then she came charging at me and into my pack of dogs, agitating and scaring them and me. I called 911 and the police came out, but because I wasn't injured, they just told her to never talk to me or especially touch me ever again. Except later that day, she saw me again and yelled more obscenities at me. I'll probably get a restraining order against her. In the meantime, here she is in all her glory. Let's put it back up. Glory is not the word I would have utilized there, sir. Uh, but I understand your point. Sorry that you're going through this on a consistent basis. Uh, as I have said before, Karen's are dangerous. Um, they are elements of society uh, that shows dysfunction in a significant way. We need to figure out, sir, why does she hate dogs? Nice, friendly dogs. I don't understand. All right, Max, do you understand why this so-called Karen hates dogs? I'll tell you, Dr. Richie, I don't get it. I mean, our seniors are getting very aggressive lately. I'm gonna blame the heat, but I think it may be something deeper here. I mean, the reality is this guy's a dog walker. He's just trying to do his job. He's got all of his permits, they're on leashes. And it just shows you with these Karens, they never go off on someone with power. It's always <laughs> a gas station clerk, a dog mm. walker, someone at a movie theater, someone that can make them feel better about themselves. And in some cases like this, it becomes actual assault. I mean, yeah. you can't just grab a guy. I don't care if you're 80, we still have laws. That is so true. And, and I gotta say this, the background and context and the why, well, that's not important if let's say, a a young black teenager does it, they don't care, all right? Uh, we just had a story where a man was obviously, um, he was he's disabled. He was trying to pay for his product. He was slower than many customers there, but he gets arrested for this, right? They didn't care uh, that he was not breaking the law. And then she, according to the poster, engages in what's called unwanted physical contact. That's at least simple battery, if nothing else. Typically, cops arrive, they can clearly see this person did what was shown and they say, hey, just don't talk to him again. Background was considered in that point. All right, uh, here's an update to a story we first brought you. Let me put up the picture of the man that was brutally beaten, left on the side of the road by a police officer who turned off his camera. That cop, that cop has been charged. We now know another cop, a second cop has been charged as well. Let's go to him, Michael Hill, another North Woods police officer has been arrested in connection with the police brutality investigation after man was found bloodied and beaten in a field on July 4th. Hill is charged with second degree kidnapping in connection with the brutality investigation, he was being held on a $100,000 cash only bond. And the second arrest in the case in Samuel Davis, let's put him up again. Samuel Davis is the person we knew about initially. He was arrested in North Carolina on Monday and charged with first degree assault, armed criminal action and kidnapping. Police said Davis beat a man he arrested at Walgreens in Northwoods, breaking his jaw, leaving him bloodied in a Kinlock field, according to court documents. Hill was Davis's supervising officer 
according to St. Louis County Police. Anti-police brutality activist, Ms. Michelle Smith, says she's happy Davis is charged, but said she's still unsure if he will actually be held accountable. She said she disagreed with St. Louis County Prosecuting Attorney Wesley Bell's office, allowing a former officer to participate in a diversion program after the officer shot a woman with her gun instead of taser following a shoplifting incident a few years ago. Accountability will come at the end once we know what actually happens with this officer, Smith said. And that would tell us if he is actually held accountable for his actions. Northwoods is a town of about 3,600 people. With Davis's suspension, the department now has 13 officers, according to the chief of police. Davis was being held in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Once he is extradited to St. Louis County, prosecutors have asked that he be held on a $750,000 cash only bond. Understand the scenario that's presented to you in this particular instance. According to the allegation, an officer arrests a man over a simple violation. Drives the man outside of the jurisdiction, turns off all the cameras, takes him out of the vehicle, beats him, leaves him bloody. The only reason we are aware is because somebody else saw the man, they saw this. He took a picture, that person who saw this took a picture, called 911, emergency comes out, helps the man. I have said this before and I say it again, we cannot dismiss the possibility that this officer left him there for dead over a simple, simple allegation in the context of criminal law. Even if he committed a crime at all would be my question. And now you have his supervisor who has been charged with an official crime. What does that tell you? That tells you that policy once again means nothing because culture eats policy alive every day of the week. So there's a culture between these, let's just say cops who are demonstrating their true nature, which are criminals. All right, Max thoughts here. I mean, good God, you couldn't ask for a more horrific story if you try. I mean, here's an officer shatters a guy's jaw, kidnaps him, takes him to a field, beats him again, this time with a weapon and leaves him for dead. If this was anybody else, they'd be facing attempted murder charges, not assault and battery, that is ludicrous. And once again, we see, as you said in the viewer comments, this, this whole body cam regime is useless. It is unserious, it is a joke because there is no actual accountability structure here. I mean, at this point, I think more police officers have their cameras off than on right now. Yeah, and here's the thing, cameras help cops. Do cops get false allegations sometimes? Yes, they do, okay, we've seen it. Um, If you're a good cop, you want an unbiased witness known as a camera. Because you're a good cop, you're not gonna violate the rights of anybody. You will follow protocol, you will be a decent person. Thus, you're okay with the camera. If you're not those things, you're not okay with the camera. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, a lot of show left. 
What if I told you an activist filmmaker making a film about the police, he gets tasered in his own home. He gets detained, arrested for nothing. Put up the picture full mass. Let me give you the background of this insane story. Activist filmmaker Damien Smith, who was tasered in his own home by the Los Angeles Police Department in 2021 is now suing the city. The lawsuit targets the department and officers involved in the incident for, and I quote, violating his civil rights and subjection to false arrest and imprisonment. Smith alleges he returned to his apartment at about 1230 to a man wearing a backpack and his grandfather's watch inside his bedroom. He defended himself with the camping knife before calling the police. When officers arrived outside of his Los Angeles apartment, they entered through the back door with their weapons drawn on Smith, still holding the camping knife over the person who broke in. Smith says he complied and engaged with the screaming LAPD officers, dropping the knife after repeating and saying, officers, I live here, I called 911. Smith was tasered, not once, not twice, but three times for nothing. Smith was then handcuffed after telling them he lives there. He's the one who called 911. They tasered him, handcuffed him, placed him in the rear of a squad car, and interrogated him for 15 minutes before an emergency medical technician asked for his ID, forcing officers to concede and release him. He said, and I quote, I'm still in shock and awe of how this transpired, Smith said. I'm in such fear of calling the police. Look what happened to me. LA Chief of Police Michael Moore and the LAPD have provided few details on this incident, only opening up an investigation last June at the onset of the lawsuit. They did not open up an investigation prior. LAPD declined to comment any further and continues to refuse to release the body count footage according to the Los Angeles Times. Now, let's put it up. Officer Leovardo Gullion. The only officer to be publicly identified so far was formally investigated in a 20 in 2016 for shooting and killing a suspect while in pursuit. Smith's latest film project. Keep this in mind. His latest film project is called Searching for Officer Friendly. It is focused on the ongoing trends and militarization of local police forces. Smith says he hopes his work can encourage better community policing, something he says has become increasingly difficult over the years. Quote, to do a documentary about policing, you have to deal with policing. And I'm traumatized by dealing with policing, Smith said. Right now, it's really hard. Look at the irony of this, right? The man is doing a documentary about police misconduct, 
their policy of basically creating a militarized zone in your local community? How these are adverse elements of our societal construct? He's well known in the local area. Now all of a sudden, he needs the police. There's a legitimate crime. He gets tasered. He gets arrested. He gets interrogated. No investigation internally until he filed a lawsuit. Are you connecting the dot, the, the dots here? They got intelligence on the guy. They knew exactly who he was. This is my opinion. They knew exactly who he was. All right, Max thoughts. I mean, this is a sad statement of where we are. That when I was first told this story, my first thought was just, thank God Damien's not dead. Yeah. You know, because it's become so normalized. And it wasn't just Damien talking about how he was the person who owned the unit and made the call. There was a neighbor out there too telling police, no, this guy lives here. You're arresting the wrong person. And yet there are still people in this country who think that we can solve and reform policing by having community dialogue. Fundamental policy problem, it's a problem of impunity and it is so far divorced. To put this on communities to fix is really just government saying they don't want it fixed. This is on lawmakers to make sure these things don't happen. So well said, so very true and accurate. All right, a police department, well, they have pro-Trump flags inside of the police department. They have mock graves of people they have killed inside of their police precinct. It is insane, let's put it up. In Seattle, Washington, a police department is under fire after a 2021 body cam video obtained, obtained as part of a lawsuit exposed the decor in an East Precinct break room, which included a makeshift tombstone mocking Demarius Butts, a black 19 year old who was killed by the Seattle police and a Trump flag also present with a sign that said, stop killing us. So you see in the graphic, that is a make, that is a fake mock tombstone of somebody they killed. That's their trophy. You know who does who does that according to psychological profilers? Serial killers. Serial killers, they like to have a point of contact to the killing. Some call it a trophy. Demarius Butts, let's put him up, was 19 when this happened. He was 19. He was fatally shot 11 times by local police on April 20th, 2017. After running from police, he attempted, after attempting to rob a convenience store. Reports say the young man brandished a firearm and demanded the clerk give him a beer. Officers were alerted, chased him to a loading dock. He and the officers fired at each other, leaving three cops wounded. But the only fatality was the team. An inquest jury ruled that the shooting was justified and the officers involved were absolved of any criminal charges. Let me give you the reaction from Darius' mother regarding the tombstone. The mother of the man killed said she couldn't express how hurtful it was to find out that the officers displayed a fake grave marker. A heartbroken Ann Butt said, I didn't think SPD could take more from me. I was wrong. Let me talk about the Trump flag for a minute. 
that's prominently displayed at the precinct. And this is a campaign Trump flag. This is not a governmental anything. Legal experts suggest that having the Trump flag might violate state laws and department policies that govern officers engagement in partisan political activities while on duty. Response from the police department, the department released a statement that noted it had no idea how the item ended up on the storage shelving. We have no reason to believe it was placed as a trophy or with any pejorative intent, the SPD said. A spokesperson explained that individuals who perceive BLM as being against the police often place items that commemorated instances of local and national use of force around the precinct. They added that it's not surprising that such items would end up on the shelf. The precinct has confirmed the items have not, the items, excuse me, have been removed. That's a hell of a spin story there. Let's put up the mayor. Just last March, Seattle Mayor Bruce Harrell posed a question to the federal court judge to lift the 2012 SPD consent decree based on a pattern of biased policing and use of excessive force that arose trust, said Harrell. When we're trying to build trust with our police department and the community, I will support an investigation to understand what happened, who knew about it, who should have known about it, he said. Um, There you have it. Why are these things important? They're important because it goes to state of mind, it goes to an uh, internal bias, it goes to hyper uh, racist aggressions, it goes to their bigotry. And also their lack of sensitivity to do their jobs. Who would do such a thing? Even if you believe that a killing is justified, who's happy to kill? Who would feel good about killing somebody? A killer would, that's who, a killer. All right, Max thoughts. Well, the more you look in that video, the more you find. I mean, I kept thinking this is what conquering armies do. They take trophies from the people they've defeated. And if you look, there's more than just the tombstone. There's also an anarchist flag hanging right next to the tombstone that they likely took at a protest. And they're doing this to memorialize what they view as their victories, the way they've dominated and conquered people. Because police officers and many will tell you they feel like they are a force of order in an occupied country. And that the people they're policing are the enemy. They're not people they're meant to serve, they're a danger. And this is how they decorate and how they think in places where they don't think the public is going to see. And if you look in a lot yep. more insides of police stations, you'll see a lot more like that. Yeah, um, and listen, in the video, I know we got screenshots, but in the video, these officers are walking around. I mean, this is just how it operates there. Nobody was shocked, nobody was um, like, oh my goodness, where did that come from? All right, so the spin is bull. We got more on the other side, indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Police, Ohio police release a police dog on a man with his hands up and complying and another officer saying, don't do it. Here it is. Do not, do not, do not let them, don't release the dog. 
Do not release the dog with his hands up. Do not release the dog with his hands up. Do not release the dog with his hands up. Do not. Do not. Do not. Get the dog off of him. Get the dog off of him. Put up the screenshot. Unarmed, completely complying. Another officer yelling, don't, don't put the dog on him with his hands up. Multiple times. Ohio Circleville K-9 attacked an unarmed black male who was complying with law enforcement after leading troopers on a high speed pursuit on July 4th of all days. The Ohio Highway Patrol video was obtained through a public records request by Skelto Valley Guardian and raises concerns about the appropriate use of K-9 units. Uh, we have said and maintained on indisputable, they do not need to be utilized at all in law enforcement. Um, it is not a thing that we should rest our law enforcement upon. Um, the policing through domesticated animals. The uh, In the video, the driver of a semi, a black male is seen outside of the vehicle, following the trooper's instructions with his hands in the air and slowly moving backward. However, moments later, the Circleville Police Department's K-9 unit arrived at the scene. It had been requested to intercept the pursuit before it officially came to a stop. So they were no longer needed, it's the point. They were no longer needed, but they arrived after it ended. Look at the, look at the moment. Surge, the police dog and his handler, Officer Ryan Speakman, arrived on the scene as troopers were giving commands to the driver who was actively surrendering, as you saw. The troopers who were leading the chase can be heard instructing the man who voluntarily got out of his semi to walk toward them warning that the canine would be released if he failed, failed to comply. In the background of the body cam footage, the scene supervisor, the scene supervisor, that means he has command. And in law enforcement, that is supposed to mean something. He repeatedly emphasizes to the other law enforcement officers that the canine should not be deployed as long as the suspect is complying with commands and has his hands up. The man apparently confused by who to listen to, pointed to the dog and points to the troopers like, listen, y'all need to get your stories together. Which one am I supposed to do? Each giving conflicting orders. 
despite the man's hand still being in the air. The dog was set loose by Officer Speakman. Initially, the canine charges toward a trooper. However, Officer Speakman redirects the dog's attention to the suspect and issues the command, Stellen, which is a Dutch word for bite. And the suspect is already on his knees with his hands still raised. Now you gotta think about the insanity of what you just saw and what you have heard. He not only releases the dogs, the dog, he then gives a command to bite. There's no argument. There's no argument to be made in defense of this officer that the dog just got away from him. Because if that's the argument, you don't yell Stellan in order for the dog to attack. You yell whatever cold word you have for the dog not to. So the officer who actually has command has to start screaming and yelling and running toward this dangerous situation now created by the police. Get the dog off of him. Man's anguished screams echoed through the video as troopers rush to intervene. Officer Speakman is forced to physically remove the canine from the suspect while a female trooper, visibly disturbed by the incident, walks away with her hands covering her face in shame and probably emotional about a man who never gave them a problem upon complying. You all may have some decent people in that trooper's office, but this incident stains you. The trooper immediately called for an ambulance, which had already been en route as a precaution. Urgently, they called for others to fetch a first aid kit to administer immediate medical attention to the injured semi-driver. Let's put up the chief of Circleville. His name is Sean Bear. He did not return the request for comment from the Guardian. Meanwhile, an internal report conducted by the department into the incident ruled no excessive force was used in the arrest. A public records request for the document by the Guardian also went unreturned on Monday. The suspect was taken to the hospital and then to the county jail where he remains locked up on charges for running from the police. The highway patrol released a statement referring questions about the canine to the Circleville Police Department. You see, if we were legislatively sound in this nation, there would be sound legislation addressing police dogs, canines who are trained to harm and kill human beings. All of a sudden, it's okay because it's contextualized through law enforcement. Well, what law enforcement did you see happening there? None. You saw a man being viciously attacked who should not have been. That's what everybody saw. You saw probably an intentional effort of the um, officer not friendly 
trying to make a statement by way of violating the rights of another individual. These things are not okay. And as long as we ignore them or say nothing about them or you know, kind of brush it aside because the person possibly may have committed another offense unrelated. Once again, that's when they knock on your neighbor's door. And if you say nothing when they knock on your neighbor's door, there will be nobody left when they knock on yours. Max thoughts. I think a lot of people don't understand how common this is. I mean, in situations where two different police departments come together, in this case, the state troopers, Circleville PD, that's when people get hurt and when people start to die. Those miscommunications. Yep. I mean, this is this is police officers we've seen here are not going to listen to the person who makes a call, a neighbor who says not to do something. They're not going to listen to policy. They're not going to listen to their own supervising officers. And at that case, are they not just by definition a lawless group of people terrorizing random Americans? I mean, this guy ran from police, clearly that's a crime. But still, you cannot just sick a dog on a complying suspect. That's right. That is supposed to be the policies they follow. And the end result of this is going to be that Ohio taxpayers will probably be on the hook for another huge settlement. They will, um, that's guaranteed. Everybody here, including the officers who are troopers, not the local police, they knew what happened was wrong and they said it on the video. All right, we'll bring updates as they develop. Um, a white supremacist kills a black male, gets a slap on the wrist, even though he was saying, I'm going to kill me an N word. All right, let's put it up, Rule Mass. Give you the background to this insane saga. In Kansas City, Missouri, a white supremacist named Sean Walter Tunkin repeatedly called a man the N-word for, for viciously stabbing and murdering him. Killed him. The incident took place on July 4th outside of a gas station. Now you seeing a theme here? The victim was John Roan Jr. Let's put him up. 42 years of age, had two sons. Tonkin told eyewitnesses that he wanted to F up an N-word before stabbing and killing Ron Jr. When emergency responders arrived, they found Ron inside of the gas station unresponsive, suffering from multiple stab wounds to the chest. Nearly half an hour passed before police apprehended the man who did it, Tonkin in Independence, Missouri, less than two miles away from the scene of the killing. To the family's shock, now two weeks after the incident, the white male is only facing a peace disturbance charge. Peace disturbance. The prosecutor's arrest warrant reads as follows. An arrest warrant for Tonkin is requested as witnesses describe the defendant using racially charged and aggressive comments earlier in the day leading up to the incident and immediately before and during the confrontation between the defendant and the victim. As such, the defendant poses a risk to the community. Let's put up the Jackson County prosecutor, Gene Peters Baker. All right. Um, now, I, I don't know you. 
But I will say this, you better get these damn charges right. Um, because right now, no one, including the family, understands what the hell is happening. And you should have a victim advocate in that office who actually coordinates and talks to the family so that there's a courtesy provided when justice is being administered. There are multiple levels of dysfunction here already. So to the DA, we will be following back up on this story very soon. All right, Max, hell of a story. All of this corroborating evidence that it was a racially motivated crime and he gets a peace disturbance charge. Maybe this is a, a, a pre-charge, I don't know. But damn it, somebody needs to say something in the DA's office. Uh, this is the same Kansas City where police beat a guy unconscious for witnessing a crime. And meanwhile, a guy murders a black man and gets to walk away with a summons. I mean, it's the same Kansas City where the police department is busy engaging in perjury and covering up these situations. And the reality is, you know, this is another example of white supremacists moving from aggressive, threatening words to violent actions. And what this shows us is we cannot expect those white supremacists to face fair justice when they do commit those crimes. Yeah, and it sends a collective um, conscious response to others that we're not taking it no. seriously when you murder a black male, right? All right. Um, hell of a thing, Marjorie Taylor Greene endorses Joe Biden, unbelievable, here it is. Joe Biden had the largest public investment in social infrastructure and environmental programs that is actually finishing what FDR started that LBJ expanded on and Joe Biden is attempting to complete programs to address education. Medical care, urban problems, rural poverty, transportation, Medicare, Medicaid, labor unions, and he still is working on it. Amazing, man, that really was not taken out of context. She literally said these things. It's not like somebody edited you know, one word next to another word. She said these things in full context during a pro-Trump rally. Uh, where she decided to actually provide a significant, I would say, endorsement of Joe Biden. These are things that we want leaders to do. Take our money, right? If you're gonna take our money through taxes, do something for the public good. Make investments into progressing the society. Medicare, Medicaid, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the most popular program in America. Way more popular than you or Joe Biden. Um, hell, of, hell of a thing, man, it's quite unbelievable. But I like the fact that they did put this together. This was actually tweeted by Joe Biden himself. And he said, I approve this message uh, and play the video. Well done, thoughts. Well, the music in this man nails yeah. it. Like I feel like I'm playing The Sims, but I, I just encourage Marjorie Taylor Greene and all the Republicans to keep criticizing Joe Biden for being so productive at delivering <laughs> things people want. Yeah, you know, I'll take that. I mean, we could write ads about this for every Republican, 
who's gone into their district taking credit for Biden victories they voted against. There's no shortage of material and Margie's gonna keep giving it. Yeah, it's so fascinating. I never thought Marjorie Taylor Greene would be on the left of me. I don't even compliment Biden that much. All right, always a pleasure, dear brother, having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Uh, you can follow me on Rebel HQ or Substack at maxburns.substack.com or on Twitter at TheMaxBurns. There it is. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Indisputable has been named the fastest growing news TV show in the United States of America. Compared to all shows on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and roughly 30 others. What do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Donald Trump radicalized citizens. He's the chief terrorist. Republicans still want you to think that critical race theory is the greatest evil. That can happen in K through 12 education. It's not even taught. I guarantee you this, David. If he would have taken a knee during the national anthem to bring awareness to the need for more money for cancer research in America, he would not have had that response. It was I the agree. fact that he took a knee for black folk and brown folk. You rather pick the voters because you're scared of the voters picking the politicians. It frightens you. But we coming. When you are in a privileged position, equality looks like oppression to you. The Karenicity runs deep in this one. We provide a mirror, a mirror for reflection and a mirror for correction. So what if I have 35? Don't hit me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Let's put up the graphic of this Karen in peak performance. Boom. They want anarchy so they can start creating their own rules. Can you share with me some examples? When they were running around during the terrorist attack on January 6th saying hang Mike Pence. So those are the people I'm talking about. That's a problem, correct? You work for Mike Pence, stand up for the guy. Do not allow the ideology of politics to evaporate the humanity that still exists inside of you. They don't stop, I don't stop. Racism won't stop, I won't stop. Systemic bias won't stop, so I won't stop. People still need health care, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reformed in this country, so I won't stop. And you won't stop either.